restless breakfast table in an otherwise empty. Welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the, uh, the, the trillist of all the, uh, 90s shows. It's fucking trill, man. Anyways, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, hey. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> You're not James. Stepping on my dick. I mean, sorry, I can change it. Well, up. hey guys, I just want to take this moment to. I just want to take this moment to say thank you guys for having me on your podcast. I've never watched an episode of Billions or Succession, and I'm really excited to get to talk about it right now. <laughs> uh, and also, we have uh, that other guy over there. Hey, Hugh Crawford. I don't know who I am. That's why I get so confused. I don't know who I am sometimes. Oh. Yeah, I've had so many lives. Okay. That... <laughs> Quick, check so, the tattoo on your on your lower left arm. Sometimes you have to take your covers off. Just you have to look at your genitals just to see if you're a man or a woman. I am, and it's hilarious when I tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we are talking about uh, what was the name of this episode? Good, Prodigal Daughter. Oh right, yeah. It's, yes. Yeah. Yep. And this is episode 11 out of season 7. It originally aired January 6th, 1999. And here is the IMDb description. Esri travels to her family home in search of Chief O'Brien, who has discovered who has discovered a murdered woman connected with the family and the Ryan syndicate. You can't even get through it, can you? I couldn't even get through it. This is the... <laughs> Uh, oh, this, is, this is this is my favorite sequel that I definitely asked for to that you know awesome. <laughs> None of us asked for this. This it's, is a you this like, is uh, a weird Frankenstein episode. You don't like of, the X's Garden State? <laughs> of, yeah, minus the Max is, Manic Pixie Dream Boy, I guess. But she, she was. I, well, he's here too. He's just from <laughs> Mad Men. Right. <laughs> He's just Ted Shaw from Mad yeah. Men. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. That's where I knew him from. He's like, yeah, I, I saw him and I was like, you know, a young Anthony Rapp could play this guy just as well. I feel like, but oh, it's young Ted Shaw. That that works too. I, I uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this episode never gets to be made again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, first impressions. This was a uh, mind. Like just like a what episode for y'all? Is that right? No, this was this was just a s- complete snooze from T to B. This is a this is a dumb Matlock episode, <laughs> and it's almost filmed just like a dumb Matlock episode. This is nothing nothing that I like about this episode it has anything to do with about with Star Trek. Yeah, there's nothing about this that I that I enjoy. I liked it, but I mean it. It's a different tone, and it's different. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I unlike the you know previous entry in this uh, duology of uh, O'Brien undercover, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm not gonna fight you for for hating it, but I mean, I, I thought it was all right. But it's you thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. I mean, there's some weird questions it brings up about. I mean, you know, it's it's just a family drama episode. You could you could transplant this to pretty much any other TV show and just shave off the setting elements, and it would be a thing. You know, that's what I like about Star Trek is that you could just <laughs> shave off the elements. <laughs> I'm gonna read a paragraph from Memory Alpha. Under the headline, Reception. It seems that every season, and this is just them talking here, it seems <laughs> that every season of Deep Space Nine has an episode with the writers and producers universally regard as their weakest of the season. In season one, it was Move Along Home. Two, it was Rivals. Three, it was Meridian. Four, it was The Muse. And five, Let He Without Sin, Prophet and Lace. And this was Prodigal. And this is season sevens. Which is not surprising, given it was, it was literally written the day before. Oh, wow. Oh. Well, yeah, if you're handy, like, I mean, I mean, if like, it's a 24 hour comic type thing, that's <laughs> pretty, you're pretty well it, done, I think, uh, pretty craft wise. I guess it, they should have had like a like a title screen word crawl. <laughs> like, guys, <laughs> we wrote was... this in, we wrote this eight hours before we shot it. We could see the road this... over, and then you'd be blown away. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that was good. So Iris Stephen Bear starts off with a great con- comment. There's plenty of brain to blame to go around on this one. <laughs> Which is his way of saying, it's not all my fault, just because it was totally my story idea and I forced Renee Ashavari to write it. Um, or uh, whoever. This whoever was uh, got, Wedley. Yeah, and this, yeah this, but those they, two guys. Fuck, fuck yeah. it. they didn't write shit for this episode. Okay. Uh, Renee Eshavari points out that none of O'Brien... <laughs> he said, take my name off of it. I wrote it, but give it to the scrubs over there. Renee Eshavari, who I think is the worst writer on the show, points out that none of the story, O'Brien's story could have happened on screen, so there was they didn't have time to like build sets for it. So there was just <laughs> no investigation they could write. The story got so diluted that it felt like a... A soap opera. Nicole DeBoer says Ira came up to her personally and apologized for the episode. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, uh, the director, yeah, he said it didn't like it. didn't feel like Deep Space Nine. I seem like O'Brien <laughs> was just brought in to bear witness. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and the crew became, started laughing at it and started calling it Audra Goes Home, which is a tongue-in-cheek reference to a TV show called the, uh, from a uh, the Big Valley episode. I don't remember that. I, don't I didn't watch Big Valley when I was a kid. So. Me neither. Because I'm not a boomer. But, <laughs> right. But yeah, so so this is, I mean, we are talking about the certified stinker of the season. The nadir of the season. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not even going to say it's going to be like shining example, but from, our, from all, if we're taking the worst episode of every season, I think this is well. It's better than Prophet and Lace easily. It's it's better than other episodes in season six. Uh, which yeah, Resurrection. I like it more than Resurrection. I guess. I mean, I'm trying to damn it. I'm trying to. You know, I mm-hmm. guess I'm damning it with faint praise <laughs> the whole time. But yeah, I mean, I I get this nagging sense still. And I, you know, we talked about season six versus season seven. I get this nagging. I still get a sense of senioritis from this show. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. And and um, yeah, that sure is fun to watch twenty years after the fact. <laughs> um, I tell you what. <laughs> God, what a weird episode. Yeah, I mean, I read some critique. <laughs> I mean, I guess this can go back to. Uh, accusing me of pulling things out of it that weren't in there, which is fair, might not. I read some, I read some critiques of capitalism in this one, but, uh, guys, we'll get to I'm, that. I, I'm sorry. 
What are you apologizing for, you? It's Wade's audio that is totally shitty after this point. What the hell? Well, it's still intelligible I guess. I'm sorry if I trapped him in a metal box, but that's what you get for talking up this piece of shit episode. Listeners, I'm sorry. On Memory Alpha, let's just go through it. It seems that every season of Deep Space Nine has an episode where the writers and producers universally regard as the weakest of the season. <laughs> season one, it was Move Along Home. Two, it was Rivals. Three, it was Meridian. Four, it was The Muse. Five, <laughs> it was Let He Is With Who Is Without Sin. Do we remember that one? Um, I remember being I, I, not great. I don't remember that. He was He Who Is Without who is a- Sin. Let me click on Is that, that the one where is, you said season five? Oh, yeah. It's right. yeah. uh, oh oh no no it's the it's the Wharf uh, Riza episode. Ah! Oh yes yeah, 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 yeah. Our, favorite yeah. our favorite episode our favorite episode yeah, yeah that checks the, out. Most, the most memorable the most memorable <laughs> monologue in all of Deep Space Nine. Where is the lie? It's Where is the lie? Right, the dumbest thing they ever did with Worf. You're right. Where's the lie? <laughs> yeah, the, what is yeah, it? Right. What Where is, is it? Oh okay, let he who is a that that is just for our, our reference for what our listeners and what we go off here on on the rules of acquisition. The IMDb rating for that is a five point five, and I don't know, I don't know of one that is lower. Oh, surely <laughs> the muse is lower, right? Well, move along home is five point nine for reference. So uh-huh. even move along home is is liked more than that. The muse is oh man, I'm I'm, I'm at five point six. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, so they're so tied it's, basically. It's one by when ahead by a nose, huh? Yeah. So yeah, so uh, Profit and Lace is season six, and this is season seven, which is not surprising given the problems of the script. According to Iris Stephen Bear, there's plenty of blame to go around on this one, guys. Oh. It's not all me. Whoa. <laughs> uh-huh. Whoa. Uh, Ronald D. Moore, it, Moore called it just a mess. Renee Ashavari points out that none of O'Brien's story could have happened on screen, so there's no investigation. The story got so diluted that it felt like a soap opera. And according to Nicole DeBoer, Iris Stephen Bear came up and personally apologized to her. I mean, really? every, every, everything in that is true. I actually thought, I didn't have a problem with Esri in this. Right. Like, my problems weren't with her or her performance in this. No. Same here, yeah. I mean, I mean, everything you just said is true. Uh, I mean, and sure, maybe I'm reading into it because I'm sure they didn't intentionally come at the script to make a statement about uh, the um, soul-destroying effects of capitalism. <laughs> but I feel like that came into play No, here. I mean... <laughs> yeah, that but, was uh, what was... That was actually... what I, I, I agree with you, Wade, that like I thought that that's what this was going for. Yeah. But it's weirdly... Uh, like a weird Dick Tracy, like Crime Busters type thing instead. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I really I mean, thought here you have like an evil factory owner... Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But the evil factory owner ends up being the victim. <laughs> right. Because she's targeted for extortion and blackmail. And she tragically loses her son, you know, who who ends up being a murderer. <laughs> right. But right. so God, this plot is so dumb. In my anti capitalist reading, it's not even that the owner is the bad the system is what grinds him down and he's trying so hard to prove himself and it just and it just, she even says at the end, like 
you see his heart get chipped away bit by bit. And this person that was so promising and this, this system. What is the, kind so of where, is so the do, where you found this artist? Do they live in a post? I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, well, this is what I want to unpack canon, a little bit. Yes. Well, no, I don't want to. No, I, I want to unpack what the Federation is. What is the Federation? Well, this this is not. The, I mean, when, when we get into it, the, this is not a Federation world. But they're trill. But these people, so you don't have to be, if you don't want to be in the Federation, you can leave it. Like, they sp- explicitly say this uh, new Sydney is in the Sapporo beer quadrant or system. Right. And, and it is not a Federation plant system. And so it's they're outside the rules of the federation. So you could be so, a, so she's not like a citizen, like she's an expat trill. Yeah, I suppose so. I guess yeah, so. Yeah. So she left a world where they don't have to fucking toil <laughs> to go to a world where they have to fucking like live amongst gangsters so that they can make money well, that doesn't mean anything in their own world. <laughs> Some people, uh, some people don't want to, you know, like the Federation gives you options. I mean, like some you people, said, it was written the day before they, they shot. She, are you saying that she's there? They have Ron Paul fans in the 24th century. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and she's not having to toil. Look, Ted Shaw, we 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 practice the NAP here on our station. Right. <laughs> okay. She's capital, man. She doesn't have to toil. She she's she's the. But work, she didn't she, have to toil anyway because she lived in fucking the Federation. Yeah, but so she didn't people, have to toil. She left that to go build first rugged individualism, I guess. Yeah. Who knows what kind of like extra? To what per- end? Because the money that she makes there is only good in the fucking <laughs> like gangster worlds that she works in. The, so what's just, the value you for that. her? You don't know that. Like I'm just, I'm just pointing. It's like, just, it's, she it's, might be able you, to get you, as, the lover of world building. Let me with what she might be able to get from being like the owner of of all this capital might be more than what you get when you live in the socialized federation. Which is world. what everything you okay, want. Okay, I have I have the definition according. I have the definition according to Memory Alpha, about what the United Federation of Planets is. And here we are. We are almost done with our entire podcast series. And this is the first time we've actually had this, like, as a real conversation, which is sort of shocking, I guess. Uh The United Federation of Planets, abbreviated as UFP and commonly referred to as the Federation, was an interstellar alliance composed of planetary governments that agreed to exist semi uh, uh, autonomously uh, autonomously yes under a single central government based on the principles of universal liberty rights and equality to share their knowledge and resources in peaceful cooperation scientific development space exploration and defense purposes that is so vague it sounds like i would i wouldn't be surprised if there was a line about fighting against chaos in that like <laughs> right. well i mean Including it in that, like, you know, some people don't want to share. That's just the, that's just in, in any system people. And so the people that don't, and she, she didn't want to for Are whatever reason. Are you trying reason. to concoct a way to make it make sense? Yeah. And I think I did. Eh, like, well, that's she, it's not, it's not a Federation planet. They left it. She must've left it for some reason. Right. And being the owner of all this, it, why all the workers would stay there is a big question. But like, that's, I mean. She's a she's not a joint trill where she's not getting prestige that way. She's like, well, fuck this trill society. If I'm not, I'm going to go off and make it on my own. She read Space Atlas Shrugged or something and said, fuck the Federation and, and, and went off. And Esri, who is the black sheep of the family, saw like, wait a minute. No, that that Federation and, you know, socialism sounds all right. So she 
went off to join the circus or the army or whatever, and so she's not she doesn't have a good relationship with her mom. And this is the uh, Garden State episode where she goes back home and sees the toxic effects of capitalism. And finds out her brother's a serial killer. Yeah, because he's trying to do right by no, these. No, he's all under the section under the section where they talk about membership into the Federation. They say, um, you know, they talk about the investigation that they like that the Federation does. You know, to see if they they could be a part of the Federation. This investigation could take several years, and was done to ascertain whether or not the culture genuinely shared the foundations of the Federation. Values of benevolence, peaceful coexistence, and cooperation, the rule of law, and equal rights and just justice. So it's those are all highly... Um, I mean, you would think that there would be economic justice would be folded into that because yeah, it, we know yeah, it is. I, I, mean, I would think so. Because Picard speaks, we've moved beyond money. We don't need these things. We don't live or toil and we don't work for wages and we don't I mean, we don't want for food. There's no hunger. There's no, you know, so they live in a planned economy. That's that's what I'm saying. Some people don't want to live in a planned economy. Oh, there's a whole section. There's a whole section on the economy. Real yeah. quick. Okay, cool. By the founding of the Federation of the 22nd century, capitalism was no longer longer the economic system of earth being replaced by the new world economy Ooh, boy that's Communism. certainly certainly <laughs> yeah. close to something else but yeah um according to tom paris oh great it was about <laughs> this time that money quote went the way of the dinosaur under the new world economy material needs and money no longer existed and humanity had grown out of its infancy people were no longer obsessed with the accumulation of things effectively eliminating hunger and want and the need for possessions the challenge and driving force then were to self-improvement self-enrichment and betterment of all humanity right despite the, this the federation did not engage in trade with friendly powers and organizations although most items and services were provided by the federation some luxury items and services could still be requisitions as late as the 24th century using federation credits <laughs> the federation continued to deal with other cultures which had been money-based economies and private businesses from other races such as the ferengi were sometimes permitted on federation stations such as deep space nine despite <laughs> being scornful of the federation's disregard for currency so that's all it has on economy like i read the entire section on the economy right, so. right so i mean you're right that i you and i might say oh you get to live in a perfect planned economy the fact that maybe these people didn't want to is just so, what i have to assume and it's not that crazy to me that's i don't think that they they didn't they didn't want to live here live off of their trail planet for like interesting reasons though they lived off their trail planet because like james said at the top of our show they had to come up with the script an hour before like oh, yeah. shooting it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i'm not look I, i've never tried to advocate that this episode is masterful i'm just trying to yeah. to milk something out i of mean it, you know? i mean you're right from a creative yeah from a creative standpoint you can add a bunch of stuff to it to make it uh somewhat cohesive but it, it's still not like I don't know. You're just constantly, like, why are they doing this? Why is this a thing? And then is it about that? It's I mean, weird because you think it's going to be about labor. Yeah, right. sort of. And I mean, then they and then they switch gears to this weird family tragedy. Like, the the, the family is super weird. First of all, yeah, yeah. They I don't know weird. if we want to get into that. And how we. First of all, it's can we say how nice it is to see Cisco in this episode for like the two minutes <laughs> that he's on screen? Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, do we want to just yeah, you want to jump in and just kind of yeah, we're getting into it. Basically, Julian's upset because this it opens up with 
Julian upset, right? Because because O'Brien went on a secret mission, didn't tell yeah. anybody, and well, it, it it technically opens up with Odo being just a fucking dick to Hezri. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, you're gacked here." He's like, "What?" She's fucking died. Jensi had died. She doesn't want to see that shit. Oh, you're like, talking about right. like the the yucks over the UPS packages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Come on, Odo, she died." And you're like, "Go get your come collect your shit." Dax is like, "That wasn't her." And he's like, "Oh, but she, we, you know, there's all these fifty varieties of of gag, gag whatever, Torgood gag wiggles, Fielden gag squirms, Mishta jumps, and Wiston is packed in Tark's blood." And yeah, and it's like, why are you being a dick? It's making her nauseous. <laughs> You're an asshole, Odo. But you know, whatever. <sighs> but yeah, and then they're like, you can't go. You can't wait to see your your uh, boyfriend Miles, can you, Julian? You're gonna go play in the Alamo. But he can't because he's hiding a secret that he knows from Cisco and everybody else. Said. So when they, he goes to meet his buddy, he doesn't come off the transport. There's an alien that comes off that looks like one of the aliens from Babylon 5, whatever. But he has to go and say, oh, uh, sorry, Captain Sisko. Yeah, I didn't tell say anything, but O'Brien's going off looking for this Bilby guy's wife. Oh, yeah, what a fucking weird way to start that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to yeah. say that a lot this episode. It's like yeah, because it's all, it's all obviously shoehorned in. Yes, it's all oh, yeah, just yeah. the most, like... It's fucking weird. Yeah, because he says, Ooh. "Oh, he's he's he went he's over here," and then uh, Cisco gives this like, "Here's the exposition." Oh, you mean that Bilby from that episode that those guys hated last season? Oh yes, I remember. Let me tell you about what happened. In that he met a guy named Bilby and blah blah blah. It's like, and yeah, it's like yeah, that's the one. They really they really wanted to do a Bilby sequel, but they also wanted to like not forget that they have a brand new character that they they have well, that's full of story they, possibilities. Right. He's and they get the I'm not a doctor, I, I'm a doctor. He's like he's not in he's not a detective, he's an engineer. So okay, so I guess that I said that this script was a nightmare. It's because originally David Weddle and Bradley Thompson, that team, uh, I think we call them like the the back of a back of the room guys. Yeah. They uh they were going to write an episode. I'm trying to remember. It was this. It was. Oh, it was like Cisco encounters his future self, <laughs> and all of this kind of shit. And then it like they went through like multiple rewrites, and they were gonna. And the script never got locked. And then so Iris Stephen Bear had to say, "You got to throw this away <laughs> here. Write a story about Esri." Uh, going home, and it's uh, they're involved with the Orion Syndicate, and the the MILF was uh, was going to be in the Orion Syndicate. Bobo Jessica Lang, is that who you're talking about? It was it was based <laughs> on. Oh my god, this is oh my god, this is like Iris Stephen Bear in a nutshell. He just pitched oh, them the Godfather. Oh god, and Esri was going to be Michael Corleone uh-huh. taking. Julian back, I guess, like K, and then they uh, always, they always, they're not interested in doing Star Trek episodes. They're always like, why don't we do something else? Yeah, do this bad soap opera. Yeah, (laughs) or make it the Godfather. So Norvo is, uh, yeah, yeah, no, and but okay, so then it does that, and then it that then the whole plot was about how the mom had arranged and manipulated the Federation. To uh, give Esri the the Dax symbiote, 
And then they got to the end Uh, and they were like, so wait, the Federation let them manipulate the system? And they were like, well, no. And then they were like, wait, the Federation was dumb enough to let the system be manipulated? And so it was just, fuck, they scrapped it again. And then it was like all hands on dick. Uh, I think, yeah, Moore said we were all writing pages on that. Oh, wow. The whole room. Oh, it was like, this is... Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, this is a mess. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. like it's like school's out in two weeks, but you really do have to pass this fan- final if you don't want to come back next year. <laughs> right. That's what this yes. is. That's yes. what they. Yeah, because uh, everybody's got senioritis. It seems like yeah, everybody's just like oh talk, god, sitting yeah. around talking about how sweet those syndication checks are going to be or something, mm-hmm. right? There's <laughs> like I just I'm, let's just just crank another one out. We just writing got, the script of Mission Impossible Two is just the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> buddy. See, I mean, see, you keep saying I think they were excited about what they were doing, but they had Whoa. those episodes they were excited about, and then they had the fill shit, and they're like, oh shit, we got these. Mm-hmm. Re- this is a minimum. This is a, it's the same time every season where we start getting these shit episodes. It's like right around 11, 11 or twelve, if if not before, where they start slowing down in the middle. And this that, one was I don't know. I ain't, I ain't been that up on the episodes we have gotten. It's the good the the. I see, but so the, the good you've said that, but then I think we've had some great ones. I like the AR better than you. I thought I like the baseball episode. I liked we like treachery and faith. It's one of the top ten according to some websites or something. Or fifteen or whatever. So I don't think that these. Have been I gave that the highest reviews of all of us. I know. So it, I don't think it's all bad, but yeah, I mean, and but I won't all. I'm not going to totally disagree with you and saying they aren't sleeping through some of these because this is perfect example. Mm. I just miss. I miss my old friends. Yeah. <laughs> I miss like you. Know, I miss them hanging out. I miss them, and I just I don't know what it's I. It's weird. Here. It's like there was a point. There was a point in the show. Where I thought Star Trek, the original series, and Next Generation happens on the bridge, right? Yeah. Where they did, like, there's the day to, that's the day to day operation, operational center of their jobs. And it's, it's a workplace show. I mean, these people are who are explorers. That's the thesis of the show going where no one has gone before. Mm-hmm. So, right. Here we have a show that's given no. Mm-hmm. Real thesis on the outset. It's the first show without that, with, with just a song. You know, it's not telling you what yeah. the, what it's about in the voiceover, right? It's just a song. You're not going to get like space, the shitty outpost job I didn't want to take, but I did because my wife was murdered. You know? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. Yes, that's true. It's weird yeah. because so these this the show without a thesis on the surface is always trying to find an equilibrium. And when we think it does Yeah, none of them have had that since <laughs> well, this one. listen up. It's a little complicated. There's the boy George, they were occupied by the Cardassians, but there's the wormhole, there's Scots inside the wormhole. Yeah. Right, right. And then it loses sight of it. So we had we never saw ops, but like after out of the first season, we almost not, none of the scenes that happen in ops. I mean, almost none of them do. And then when, by the by the time you realize mm-hmm. that you never have a, a scene in ops, the heart of you know where these people do their day to day job, you get the defiant. And then here we are at the point where yeah, it feels true. like we hardly ever yeah, have an episode true. that you know on the defiant anymore. Like right, it, well, they, they lost. Were- I think they were torn, you know, like they wanted to do the, they started off, this is going to be what happens when we boldly stay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then all the Star Trek nerds were like, what the fuck? They don't go anywhere. And then they're like, all right, fine. Here's the Defiant. And then, 
you know, so they're torn by. That's what I mean. They're constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no thesis. Now it seems like the whole of the show is a self-aware swinging dick singer. Right. And yeah, I mean. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that's the, like the, the nature of your relationship with the show is constantly shifting and not necessarily because. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd say that this season is they're working over hard to like, especially now they're like, oh, shit. Let's really ram Esri down your throat, which yeah works some to an extent. But then you get stuff like this. It's not her fault. She's doing a fine I, job. I, she's I actually think she's delightful. But. I think she's delightful too. But sometimes it's it's not her dropping the ball when they're trying to do that. It's the writers like with this. You're slipping. Yeah. My, my my mileage is yeah. My mile, I'm, <laughs> yeah, you've watched ahead, but I don't play. Yeah, I'm tape. I'm tapering. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I haven't watched ahead. I haven't watched ahead. Like I, yes, I've seen a couple episodes ahead. <laughs> I actually think that some of these episodes. I think she's delightful because she's in for five minutes. Like you know, they introduced. They pulled the wharf. They introduced. Remember yeah, when Worf yeah. got on the show? Yeah, and we're like, oh yeah, we're in the wharf stuff. And then he yeah. like drops in and says hello for two minutes. Yeah. for like the next four episodes, they did that a little bit with Esri. <laughs> Is that you know yeah. she shows up in the last two minutes of the of the first episode of this season, and then we have like one introductory episode, and then you know they they're off to doing other stuff. Yeah, and now we've got like at least three in a row where they're ramming her down her throat. So mm-hmm. like we've got this one, the next episode, and and yeah. the know. next episode. So I mean I don't like it, but yeah, she's in it a lot. But I, I mean she's in it serviceably. She's yeah 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 she's fine in all the time. Yeah, like I'm saying. I mean I guess I, yeah. Not outsized role, but yeah, there is a lot of these. And I mean, I I don't even. I mean, this isn't even about her, but it's like, yeah, I guess it's you know, it's it's getting that like you know, Uncle Oliver or cousin Oliver sort of stage. Not with her, but just it's now at the show where they keep bringing or shifting on who the show's about, and we've lost the core of who we were with to begin yes. with. Yes, you know, I miss seeing. O'Brien and Kira have scenes together, or or who you know. Yeah. There's just mixed, especially since they did all that that like important like work in the middle of the show. Yeah, yeah. They was doing their that was really engaging and interesting, and like it really was like a truly sort of this is just weird enough to be engaging, but like and right, like you could follow the emotional thread of their you know. It, it, yeah, and and so I just I, I feel like that that's gone away. But and the argument, and I get what, and it's probably the argument you they would say is what you were saying that they're working so hard, focused on the end of the season, mm-hmm. or and then this, you know, and like you can say in season six, well, we were building these big key episodes that people think are the best episodes of the show. Right. We we were trying to build the you know we were trying to advance the Dominion War and all that stuff. So they say both of, they would say both of those things. But but repeatedly, this isn't I mean, their first. This they didn't do that just at the end. Is it's like they yeah, like you've abandoned the things that we care about. Like I don't. Why are you pulling that away? Like if you're te- yeah, if they were telling stories with O'Brien and Cisco and Worf having to go on an away mission that was basically just a rehash of progress from four seasons ago, right. I'd be fine with it. But right. I'm, I'm getting shit with a bunch of people I don't care about interacting in ways that I don't understand. They don't care. Yeah, well, I mean, like you yeah, know, and yeah. it's they don't either. Yeah, and and I yeah. Sure. Okay. Like I I think AR we got Cisco in, but that was like that was a lot of they didn't have war. But that it, was uh, I would I would take that out as an exemption too. So yeah, yeah. And the baseball episode was our space friends hanging out. We had other some of us had other problems with it, mm. but 
that was an ensemble one. But you're right. Then then they're back to this like this this one especially. What the fuck? Where O'Brien, who is the impetus and the driving force for the plot, is barely a character in this one. You know? Yeah, he has literally nothing to do because the only thing he was scripted to do is over before he came. It, it seems yeah. to me that his Irish accent like was thicker this episode too. Oh yeah, he says murder. Yeah, <laughs> there's been a murder. Yeah, and it it <laughs> seems like it seems like the more unhappy. Colmini is with the script, the thicker his <laughs> accent gets. I've noticed that throughout the. <laughs> He's like Colin Farrell in an imbruge, but he it's so thick. We we do get a little bit more of Trill world building. We learn when she comes home for the hi mom, it's me, Curzon. I mean, uh, as we we learn that uh, Trill's symbiont's name always replaces. The family name. It's traditional. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like, I know it's fucking traditional. I was like, sorry. And, you know, I didn't. Yeah, they were all weird cunts, like, up to her. Like, she just had this fucking thing hoisted on her, and they're, like, giving her shit or being. That's, it was weird. That's, that's that upper and, class twits, man. Yeah, that's I guess is it's supposed to be like a Brett and Easton Ellen Ellis <laughs> novel, but it's weird because it's on the same fucking sets as the other shit. I don't get any weird. You fu- do get the sense. You do get the weird sense, and that was never explained that, like, becoming joined was like a lower class thing to do. Like, yeah. If you couldn't get right. in, if you didn't get into, like, it was like a safety school or something. It was like, if you didn't get into school, you, you <laughs> she, wanted to. She went to Cooney. Like, yeah. She got a, right. well, she couldn't get yeah. it. She couldn't get into Brown. So she had a worm uh, and, you know, put it in her right, gut. Right, right. She, this is like a Harvard, Yale family. And they're like, oh, you want to be joined? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But we have money. So we don't need that shit. She's like, fuck you, mom. Mm-hmm. She runs off to join them. Yeah. And then, you know, she's got the, classic mom who says it's like oh i i'm just looking out for you i'm you know it's not that i don't think you can succeed but i don't think you can and so she's yeah yeah that's what it so you feel like they're putting a lot of impetus on this i mean i guess they thought they were, i mean is it a brady stanellis i mean i guess the plot of the young sensitive artistic probably possibly autistic boy <sighs> was sort of hectored by the system by his family and i guess capitalism if you want to look into it and then <laughs> like, just, he has the, the only thing that makes sense is that if you know he turns to killing people and he thinks he can solve a problem and, but, yeah and you cast ted like the guy who like he's used he's he's a major character in Mad Men and is used because he's the most milk toast bland person <laughs> you could cast he is ned flanders and you cast him as this like secret. I don't. I don't know. I, it was just so fucking weird. Yeah. Like to me, what was weirder to me was when her brother Janelle comes in and is like, "What did he say? Welcome home, little girl. Do I have to take a sonic shower to hug my sister? Like <laughs> everything. Yeah. He's given some creepy incest vibes. Do I have to take a sonic shower before I get a hug? There was. There was no. His delivery on that was way off mm. there was no reason for him to say it like that yeah and then <laughs> i he's do like, not oh. understand the direction that i don't then he's like nagging her for her hair and you're like oh it's cute whatever like, i guess but like like it's not like okay so like if you're gonna do that scene in like a you know a, a dumb tv show like somebody is gonna come in a man's gonna come in in like a dickie's shirt or dickie's button up and he's gonna have grease all over his hands and finger smears of grease on his face and then he's gonna say oh shit do i need to take a shower before i hug you 
and then hug her with like his you know his elbows or something yeah but he's that's yeah. not it's just he comes in and he's just as pressed and clean as everybody else he's an upper class creep i don't get it like i don't you couldn't transfer that to an equivalent like yeah that actually him coming in dirty him coming in filthy because a machine has been sabotaging he had to work on it himself actually makes more sense than what they showed it does yeah, yeah like yeah. him coming in dirty could actually advance the story like, why are you yeah, such a Yeah, it was ma- like if Papa Gilmore came down and said to Rory, like, do I have to take a shower before I hug you? You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> kind of res- like, I feel what the fuck is that? <laughs> Taking off his wire rim glasses and wearing a blazer and be like, Rory, <laughs> do I need to take a shower, hot, steaming shower? And get, <laughs> get all lathered up before I... Yeah. yeah, no wonder she had to get away from her family. They're creeps. <laughs> Oh my god, and could it be more convoluted? Uh, yeah, and then they say stuff like, oh, I got to take care of Lorcan, but no, we wanted to keep it in the family or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's their, it's, it's, it, they're, they're upper class and they're into incest porn, and it's cursed. Yes. And, and her little brother was trying to get into the Andorian Institute, but he wasn't good enough. He's a mediocre artist, like, uh, you know, like Hitler, uh, but, but, uh, but very <laughs> emotional. I think that they were actually trying to go for that, too, which is... Yeah. Ba- I don't know. Basically, Janelle and Norvo are <laughs> Eric and Trump Jr., and they're trying to and trying to do right by the family, but they're fuck-ups, <laughs> and they can't get it right, and so maybe um, they... Not Eric, no, no, no. Ivanka... And Jared, um, the one that nobody knows her name, including her father, Tiffany. 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 Yes. Yeah. And they gotten they gotten deep with. Well, we know there was actually no collusion with the Russians, but the same way that they actually, well, they were a little bit collusion with the uh, Orion Syndicate, but just enough, not just enough to keep it out of my head. And they they resent it. Um, yeah. But and then you do get the the uh, uncomfortable family dinner scene you do get more of a dax dax even says like i'm still having trouble with pronouns i'm still sorting out my pronouns she says she says i so sometimes i wake up and i don't know if i'm a man or a woman if you know until i look under the cover until so. i look under yeah and uh you know it's not great but if you know some people relate to dax's character in that way even in this shitty episodes and those people deserve better they do yeah yeah <laughs> but uh yeah uh, and then her little brother has a freak out because this painting that his mom hung up he hates it and then he he gets drunk and he defaces it and he's yeah i think that that's supposed to be like you're like that's supposed to be like the truck okay so like how this character should be done is we've all seen six feet under Brenda's brother. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. That's how. That's how that character should be done. Oh my god. Like that would have been kind of normal, but like also like clearly something's good. Yeah. Something dangerous is going on underneath all of that. But you cast the guy who's supposed to be the contrast to the to Don Draper, <laughs> this calm like nerd guy. Like I said, he's Ned Flanders in my Simpsons movie, and that guy. You cast him as, and nothing plays because he's so placid. And then by the end of it, you're just, I mean, it's a big pile of stupid, but at the end of it, you would have gone like, oh, okay, that was a fine, dumb there. But you're like, no, that guy, that guy, that's the way you cast that guy. <laughs> I didn't have as big a problem with him, his casting. He seemed, fine, you know, but 
That's but you just don't buy him. You don't I mean, buy. I, 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 didn't, mean, I didn't blame him any more than I blamed just this. No, I blame the casting director. I mean, no, I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. The casting didn't bother me. I bought him fine as a sensitive little brother in this dumb episode. No, a murderer. I, a man, a murderer. That's the point. It's like what this sensitive little boy gets turned into a murderer by the system or whatever. I guess they never showed us yeah. anything like to indicate. It, like I didn't buy that he he. We murdered. didn't see like, enough darkness in. I'm sure. Even yeah. the, even the way he even even his dialogue. Even even the monologue at the end where he describes doing it, he didn't quite sell it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, because it's not like he was good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, or like Joaquin Phoenix in Parenthood. Sh- sure, sure. <laughs> like that creepy little fucker can, can kill people. Yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, like I don't know, man. It was. Uh, it's just, this. Yeah. Even killing somebody, he's pathetic and lame. So I mean, yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. kind of. I guess that's what I, in my head, that was fine for him to be pathetic and lame, even at killing people. But I, I get your point. And then, oh, and then at dinner, like her mom, she has a fight with her mom's like, you don't, don't you dare tell me how to raise my kids. You think you can raise kids? But it's like, yeah, I got mom powers now, <laughs> woman. I am a better mom than you. So shut the fuck up. Uh-oh. I actually kind of like that. But it, it, you know, it's just what I'm, I'm grasping at things that I want to like in this episode. Mm. And Orion gets wheeled in as he just got beat up by the Orion syndicate and we learned that Morika has been dead for six weeks. He found her by like O'Brien is good at his delivery of stuff. He's bitter and angry because he, she's he finds her dead on down in the, the river in this industrial hellscape planet. Mm. And they got beat up by a couple of Nausicans. But you know, like there's a dozen bodies a month that wash into this river and the, and the cops are on the payroll. So they don't check it out. Yeah. I think this episode took place in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> or Deadwood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then she has a, th- there's a transonic drill problem. It's a 52J, not a 52L. It's mislabeled. Uh, her brother can see that he's wallowing in self-pity, but, you know, suicide is too messy for mom. Oh, is this the scene where, jo- is this the scene where Jombie's in? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you you get Jombie. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful Jombie. Yeah. Pee-wee's playing. Mecca like so. high, motherfuckers. I'm with the Orion Syndicate. Mecca like a high, Mecca high. Yeah, yeah. I wanted him to tell us a joke because he looks exactly this. I was like, I mean, he looked exactly this. Mecca like a bitch better yeah, have They my made money. him wear a hard hat, right? They, they made him yeah, wear. So it that's looked, what I like. This guy when he goes to extort money out of his out of people, he he like considers safety first. <laughs> He's got his helmet. <laughs> What a dumb fucking episode. You need to get the hell out of here, O'Brien. And he's like, well, I can't leave. Uh, Esri's my superior officer. He doesn't even bat an eye. He's not even bitter. But, uh, you know, because he knows, like, fuck, when I get home, Cisco's going to put a boot up my ass. I'm not actually that eager. I guess that was one the, the like, they should have, that was the one true emotion that I bought throughout this whole thing is how pissed, because uh, O'Brien went off on his own and did this boondoggle, how pissed you know, oh yeah, yeah. The captain was gonna be, yeah. So when you know that was like whenever they talked about that, that was the the one thing that felt true. Right. Everything right. else was just a real head scratcher in this episode. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm not like, even yeah. sure what the this thing played out like it was some sort of sad tragedy, more like morality play. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But yeah, I guess the theme of it is. Follow your passions, or else you'll end up like a sad, broken murderer. Yeah, but if is that capitalism kills? <laughs> I mean, that's but yeah, 
it's the mom stuff like the over yeah and then like don't over yeah. and nothing she did fit in i mean she was i guess you're supposed to think it was the hectoring but like i don't know yeah it's i mean i just see it as the system that they're a part of but yeah it, like the esri's relationship with her mother and the like never being good enough and what that but, did. but they murdered the kids they just didn't want to okay so they took money from the orion signature kit uh during the lean times and then they when it came to their thing that that favor that they had to do they didn't have to pay a vig on it or any some exorbitant vig or anything like that they had to just uh do give a no-show job to right trilby Bilby, trilby's marika bilby bilby's what give her an yeah. office at waste management <laughs> right yeah and she yes and she wanted to double the pay yeah, but they even say about how good it's going. They say that multiple times, so they're not on hard times. Just pay her. I don't understand. I don't understand why this was a it was, problem it was, enough to make the guy go kill her. It was never it was enough. Like, you know, she always wanted more, and they, like, I don't, you know. And then they had to hide money on the. Then book. don't take loans from gangsters. I don't know. Well, they did, and they have to do deal with the repercussions of that, though. And, you know, it's harder and harder to hide those big numbers on the books. It was all and very fuzzy, though. I mean, it wasn't like... It's an issue for him, and the brother that is told constantly that he can't do anything right. is like, I can do something right, and he does something stupid, and it blows up Follow his Follow your passion or become a sad, broken murderer is not the kind of story that I expect Star Trek to be in Star Trek's wheelhouse. Right. Well, it's Especially just like, the day before they have to shoot it. <laughs> you need to ex- escape... You know, if you're in the system, you got you, he needed he needed to get away one from his overbearing mom and this system of oppression that he was in that he felt stuck in, and then when he doesn't, it kind of chewed him up and spit him out. So I mean, that's that's the the quick you know okay that if what you I mean it's not a this isn't a great episode, but that's just the the most that I could get out of I, it. I mean, I know that's kind of like tacked on at the back end. But it wasn't. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a machine built for that. It was. No. A, it was like what they ended up with. Well, I guess. I guess this is what the episode. Yeah, yeah. and they don't even really. Yeah. It was a melodrama machine, is what it was. Yeah, it's like family melodrama. Yeah. And speaking of family, didn't Bilby have a daughter that was so cute and beautiful that he loved so much? Yeah. Y'all probably push that episode out of your mind. But what happened to her? She's dead in the river too. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Why did this even? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, then at the end, uh, O'Brien is telling like Dax, Ezri, like, don't beat yourself up. You got out of that. It's not your fault. But then she's like, you know what? It is my fault. This is the fault when we don't do anything about these. When we flee our problems instead of going back home to try to solve them, your brother is a murderer, and you should. You need to go back and help your. You know, because she's like, no, it is. It is my fault, and I have to take ownership of that. Uh, yeah. She said, like, at a. The endless humiliation. The constant drumbeat of criticism. The way his heart was carved up into little pieces. I should have seen it. I should have tried to stop it. You can't blame yourself. You're not responsible for that. But I am, don't you see? Yeah. The house was designed, was supposed to be, to, uh, was based on falling water. <laughs> was it? Yes. They, uh, oh, the map painting that we saw of it? On the... Yeah. yeah okay. It was really just fixed lounge once they went inside. <laughs> I do right. like a good I do it's... like a good map painting. Yeah, me too. Me and too. a show. Yeah, I do. I, we need more map paintings. I... You know what does map paintings pretty yeah. well? The the Orville 
I caught up on a little bit of the Orville. Did they do actual painted matte, matte paintings? Then? They did. It, yeah, it looked like with brushes. I don't know if it was a brush, but it looked Can like you paint. I mean, because they're they don't have the effects. They selected they, they selected the the paintbrush in Photoshop when they made it. Paintbrush yeah, filter, yeah. No, it's not. But yeah, there was a. Anyways, that's a whole other discussion. I oh, guess I like them. I miss that. I I, um, I need to watch that. I need to finish that show. Yeah, you know you know what we need to get really good matte paintings is that we need Wes Anderson to make a sci-fi movie, <laughs> like an aliens island alien space opera thing, because I bet he would have really. He would do that shit formally in like, it would look really nice. Oh, yeah. He'd do it like uh, Dark Star or Dan O'Brien or whatever. Yeah, or Chris McQuarrie yeah, yeah. or any, yeah. Is that, no, no. I'm thinking of the guy that, that did the designs for Alien, but the movie that he did. That's Dan, yeah, yeah, no. I was, who did the designs for Star Wars? Oh, right. McQuarrie? Yeah, I Ralph. Think so. I keep thinking yeah. that, but I think, it's, isn't that no, the director? No, it's Ralph, the last it's Ralph McQuarrie. McQuarrie. Mc, Mc, yeah. Ralph okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. McQuarrie. Chris McQuarrie is a director. Ralph McQuarrie is the artist. I was that was what I was I was like, uh. Right. <laughs> Those, yeah. The director of uh, the last three Mission Impossible. Uh, Mission Impossibles we're going through. Yeah. Oh, right. But other than that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be a good nice thing to do. What I wish that sorry, did we ever I mean, I guess this is probably the last we're gonna see the Orion Syndicate in this show. And and do we have we ever gotten a really good Orion Syndicate episode? Like uh, the ones in um, the one I liked, y'all did not. We we fought over it. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't even just mean in Deep Space Nine. I mean in like oh, I don't know in Star Trek. I don't I, like. It just seems like that's one of those like never got nailed. Right. Yeah. I don't. I'd have to go back and watch the other because what are you going to do in the context of what? How? What story are you going to tell in the context of the Star Trek universe? What are you going to say about crime or you know feature crime that hasn't been done in you know another way better? You know what I'm saying? How are you going to shoehorn criminal activity into your sci-fi and make it interesting? That's the real challenge. Yeah. Or, or have something to say on on it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that you can have them exist as a way to move another plot along with another theme. You know, I think it could work like that. But if you made just a one episode that focused on the Ryan syndicate, I think it's you, you're then you're just doing doing you're doing Bilby. Yeah. Crime, crime stuff. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it unless you have it is one of those. Yeah. It's not you think it's furtive because a bunch of stories that you've already seen pop into your head. But you find that that's the cage of it. Right. Is that anything that you do is going to just be familiar sort of mob takes. Right. Yeah. You're going to do a, like, oh, we're going to do a human trafficking where we're trying to save an Orion slave girl. And it turns into Super 8 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, hey, you can. Um, maybe I have it same because Joel Schumacher directed it. <laughs> Eight millimeter super eight, different movie. Yeah, that's the the, the yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg ripoff, J.J. Abrams. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, you can do it like the where it's like the Crips of the Bloods exist now, like they're just a social club, oh, yeah. and then you go, we we may have started as a criminal organization, <laughs> but we're just a social club. Right. We we have this taint. We're so we're 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 doing this PR campaign to get the word out that not all Orion Syndicates are gangsters. Well, yeah, we're gonna have the five minute Crip walk scene. It's gonna be awesome. It, yes, yeah, it can be that. What's the not the anti-defamation league, but what Italian Americans have that like they fight oh, these yeah, mob yeah. representations in the media. 
they even t- deal with them in the Sopranos and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, like something like that, but for the Orion Syndicate, where they're just, you know, we're we're Orion Americans, we're too hardworking Orion. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is not fair. This is a slander, yeah. and uh, and 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 it's quite frankly bigoted and racist. Right. Every time, so, uh, every time I come into a new a bar. Some assholes asking me to dance for him, and I'm not doing yeah. it. It's fucking you're you're a bigot and you're racist, and it, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. So just because I got green skin doesn't mean I'm a hooker, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't. Is there yeah. anything else we want to say about this episode? Like any final no, thoughts no, before we get into our rewatch meter? Uh, I think. I think I could be done with this episode. Mm. I wonder on my rewatch meter. Uh, I mean, obviously, I would never watch it again. But okay, I so might, that's a zero for a, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but we could have a ranking where not only do I never watch it again, but I pursue. I I, I, I do some level of pursuit to keep others. From <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's a negative. This is three. a negative. Then it goes into the. Ne- no, 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 no. I'm 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 not that guy. But yeah, we'll, I'll follow the rules. But I'm just saying that it's a zero. That was what a negative. It's would, a zero for me too. Yeah. Wade, is this your first ever zero? No, I mean, I I feel like there's a I could. Where's the value a, in this for you for a rewatch? Oh, I put it at a one. <laughs> he could watch. He could do a rewatch of all the bad episodes. Yeah, right, right. If for some reason I decide I have to do another full rewatch again, I might get stuck in it. But or I might. Like, I mean, that makes sense though. So because, by that definition, you, know, you would probably never. Oh, I probably get stuck at season four and 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 watch like the magicians or something. I don't know, but uh. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I put it at a one. It's not impossible that I might end up watching it again, but I, uh, I'd probably regret it. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, man, did oh, we already so. talk about the IMDb? We front-loaded this with the IMDb. Like, did, uh, well, we didn't, but well, you didn't, but you did give us some parameters here. I, I, yes, I yes, I know it. I know it. It's not as low as. Yeah. So uh, I'll go. I'm going to say five, five point eight. I'll pay for this at 5.6. This is a 6.4. Oh. Fuck, fuck Deep Space Nine People fans. People like Ezri, I guess. At long last, I said it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never heard, James, I've never heard such language from you about this beloved show that you care so much about. <laughs> People like Ezri, I guess. Yeah, it's a filler app, but 6.4, that's entirely I mean, we, got, uh, we got a Bobo <laughs> Jessica Lang, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually looked her up. I was like, I've seen her in something else, and uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> she did look like Jessica Lang. And boy, the not Ted Shaw brother may be the worst actor <laughs> we've had in a while in a major role. <laughs> I mean, he was just. I mean, we, we he was just absolutely the worst. And it, at this point, is Ted Shaw just a Bobo Stephen? Uh, what's his name from Wings? Stephen? No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if is Ted Shaw still in stuff. I don't know what his real I name mean, is. I mean, I'm talking Kevin about Kevin Rom. Like, yeah, Kevin he's, Rom. At, yeah. at this time in his career, now he's Ted Shaw, and he's probably showing up things that I don't watch. Yeah, I'm sure. He's, yeah, out of all of the people brought in on Mad Men around that era, he's doing the worst because oh. obviously Jared Harris isn't like everything now. Right, so. right. And yeah, yeah, well, Chernobyl looks good. But yeah, so oh, and that yeah, that he's got that dad nepotism looking Care. for him too but i mean he's great so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shit on him like uh, yeah like core or anything i like yeah i actually like him more than this i think i don't know i'm gonna, I'm not gonna shit talk richard harris at this late hour of our podcast but i, I mean they're both amazing so i'm not trying to shit talk either mm-hmm. of them but you know when you've when, yeah, you're no, served, when your dad's been knighted it probably doesn't hurt your work yeah 
And also, isn't he the one that... Yeah, no, he sang MacArthur Park. He had a, right. he had a number one pop hit, too. Yeah, that guy had a hell of a career. Yeah. And a hell of a liver to stay as long as he did. <laughs> um, whoa, okay. All right. I think we covered this episode well enough. <laughs> Don't uh, let the door hit you on the way <laughs> out, prodigal daughter. <laughs> yeah, goodbye to the Saboro system. Yes. And, yeah. If you want to call in to say goodbye, give us a call at 917-408-3898. Or join the Discord where the conversation happens via text and chat room. And and we have all sorts of other audio content for you to check out at patreon.com slash kickersofelves. And at Kickers Podcasts on Twitter and iTunes and all the other stuff that you rate it on. Please leave us a nice iTunes review. I think we're getting hammered by the haters out there. Yeah, especially yeah. not as much as we are on uh, Discovery, but oh, I mean, well, that's... y'all might have written those shitty reviews. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, no. you're still getting shitty reviews? Uh, I mean, whatever. Yeah, some p- people, not lately, but we're not getting good ones either. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, still residual pissed they're off. They're probably from us. They're, I'm not yeah. assuming it's. I'm not. I'm not assuming it's the the new guys. I'm assuming. Yeah. And I talked some shit on, like, they were, they, I mean, well, this isn't that pod. All right. I'm starting to get iffier on it. It's not, I'm not enjoying it as much. Mm. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Check out that other pod for that. And leave us a review. And like, like Hugh said, please, it helps us out. And do all the other stuff that every other podcast wants you to do. But do it, you know, I'll love you forever. If you give us some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that too. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming and stopping by and listening to us through your ear holes uh, talk about this episode. Please, we implore you, if you come back next week and listen to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition as we go through another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, maybe an evil episode um <laughs> for wade james and myself three to be mount TFW, you just realized your sound was all fucked up, a dummy. Yes.